The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I never do that, ever. It's 30 minutes. You guys are giving me 30 minutes of your time. That is extremely valuable, especially on a day like today when our guest is a listener. Booger McFarland. The ESPN rock star. I can't be wasting his time on two levels. Number one, he's a listener. He's going to listen to the show. Number two, he's my guest today. We'll get to Booger momentarily. A lot of very interesting things going on in the NFL as we kick off Combine Week in the National Football League. New week means new winners. You know the deal. You know, we got to do something different for spreading the word via social media this week. Here's what we'll do. We'll go back to Facebook. Ross Tucker Pod. Follow Ross Tucker Pod on Facebook. I'll pick one of you guys that does that to be the spread the word winner this week. Take advantage of any of our sponsors. Just text me a picture. Text me, I guess. Email me or tweet me a picture if you're drinking a Labatt Blue Light. That counts to be the sponsor confirmation email winner. Love those of you that go to youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And make a comment after you subscribe and say, I want one of those video shout outs. It is awesome. Almost as awesome as my guy, Booger. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. You know what? You know why I love Booger? I love Booger for several reasons. First of all, the guy, he's a grown man. His name is Booger. I mean, think about that. That's amazing. And he doesn't even like it. Booger, you don't like it when people call you Anthony, correct? Absolutely, man. Like nobody calls me Anthony anymore. I think that's the uh, that's kind of how I distinguish whether or not I know someone. If I hear, hey, Anthony, I usually don't turn around. So uh, it's brilliant, by the way, because it's such a recognizable name. You can check him out on Twitter at ESPN Booger, because I remember when you and I were first doing shows on Sirius together. My wife was like, you should stop calling him Booger. I'm like, no, no, you don't get it. Like, that's his name. And he likes it. She's like, are you sure? I'm like, she's like, it's a nickname. I'm like, no, no. Like, it's his name now. Um, So we had, I mean, literally, I can't remember when we did that. It was at least five years ago. And I still get people on Facebook or Twitter that mention that show. So I'm just telling you guys right now. I don't know when or how. But some point, it's going to circle back around. 
Maybe it's like Apple or Amazon figures out, you know what? We should get Ross and Booger back together and do something. Somehow we're going to get back together. So I love his name. I love when we did the show together. I love that you're a listener. I would say like once a month, Booger will like text me something from the show. And I'll be like, oh, he was listening, which I love, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, man, no problem. I I especially enjoy uh, some of the episodes when you're like, hey, man, so tell me about – Tell me about something about your wife. You're like, well, I'm actually divorced. And I, I just die laughing because I, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to do so many shows and have so many things going through your head. And something like that slips through the cracks. And then you're like, oh, especially on like a live recorded show, it's not like you can go back and edit it out. It's just funny to me. That's why I always text you and I just die laughing. <laughs> that was uh, that was Kelsey's dad. <laughs> and I, go, I, said, I said, so why weren't you sitting uh, why are you sitting with Don? Why are you sitting with your wife? He's like, well, first of all, we're divorced. <laughs> it's the best, dude. I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, it's so funny. You think there was so much coverage of it? Super weak. You, you would think I would have known that. The whole week they were talking about Kelsey's mom and dad, but they never mentioned that. Or I never heard that. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Nor would I assume that either like you did. <laughs> I didn't assume that they were still married. I just thought it was I, I I just didn't realize that they didn't sit next to each other. Whatever, dude. I can't be doing everything. <laughs> he literally, literally, literally later that day, Booger sends me a text and all it says is actually we're divorced. <laughs> it was the best dude. I was driving hey, I was driving down the road dying laughing because I know exactly how that goes, man. Oh, it was so great. Um, all right. Anyway, dude, how wild is it, by the way, how he sounds, how much he sounds like Jason? Yeah, that's unreal, dude. Especially, you know, I guess it shouldn't be that big of a surprise. I mean, it, that is his dad. But I think we're always amazed when parents have kids, kids look, sound like parents or have the same mannerism. Hey, didn't you make them? Like, shouldn't they look or sound like you? It's amazing how amazed we are when when we see situations like that. Um, what else did he say that was so funny? Oh, my favorite was like when he said, "I." You could tell at a young age that Jason and Travis had more God given ability than some of the other kids. Really, <laughs> you think they're both going to the Hall of Fame? You think? <laughs> yeah, that's classic. <laughs> it's awesome. All right. So there's several things I want to get to with you. Um, I want to start because I, I like to talk with you, and you know this, about what I believe are um, on some level racial issues that mm-hmm. you and I are close enough that and comfortable enough that we can talk about these things. I want to start with Shady McCoy's comments as it relates to Eric Bieniemy. Because it feels like there's like two camps. And if you guys didn't hear it, Shady McCoy, LaShawn McCoy, basically said, listen, I was there. I was in Kansas City. Biennemi doesn't have anything to do with the passing game. That's all Andy. It, it, it was Andy and Mahomes. Like, I was there. Biennemi doesn't really do much with the passing game. Which, you know, he's, he came. his background's a running back, running back coach, whatever. And, 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 and Shady said... I love the enemy. I hope he has success. 
But my job now is to be honest and tell the truth. And it felt like some people appreciated that and thought, okay, this guy's in the media now. It's his job to tell the truth. He doesn't have a beef with this guy. He says he loves him. Right. Has success, hopes he gets a head coaching job. But then I saw a number of people that just felt like um, you don't go there. You don't do that. It's hard enough these days for black coaches to get a chance to be a head coach that they didn't appreciate that Shady McCoy said that. And I just want to give you a blank canvas. Your, your, I, don't, I have no idea what you think. Your, your thoughts on what Shady said is he doing his job and just being honest, or do you not do that because whatever you want to say, you, you don't want to hurt guys um, that you're trying to help prop up? Well, I, I think this situation in particular, you have to look at and you have to dissect it. I, I think Eric Bieniemy, because he's had, what, 17 interviews with 16 teams trying to get a head coaching job because it's gone on so long, because he's had so much success in Kansas City, because He's an African-American coach that has gone through all of this and has yet to get a job. I think there's a little uh, angst out there uh, amongst former players, amongst writers, amongst everyone, because from a deserving standpoint, I think he deserves a job based on the people that have been hired during those 16 or 17 interviews where he hasn't gotten a job because his credentials say, hey, I deserve a job based on two Super Bowl wins, based on Patrick Mahomes, based on being involved with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs because how many other people have gotten a job? Doug Peterson, Matt Nagy, et cetera, et cetera. So I think there's that. Then there's the fact, I think, Ross, when it comes to um, African-American players, people, writers in general, that say, hey, if you don't have anything positive to say, don't say anything negative about said black coaches, whether it's Eric Bieniemy or not, who are trying to get a job because there's enough negativity going around out there from owners who won't hire them. There's enough negativity going around out there that we uh, as African-American people don't need to put our own people down. And so I think that's why it's looked at, even if Shady McCoy was telling the truth, I don't know. I wasn't in those installed meetings. It's kind of what goes on in there. The people that go on in there, those people know. I don't know. I thought Eric Bieniemy's comments were really good by saying, hey, Shady's a Hall of Fame type player. I'm not going to say anything bad. I'm going to take the high road. But the fact is, is that you shouldn't, there's a feeling you shouldn't say anything, even if it's true, you should be quiet because the road that's traveled by the black assistant coach is tough enough. You don't need to make it tougher by quote unquote telling the truth, even if it is the truth. And I think that's why it's kind of frowned upon and it's looked at from a negative aspect, Ross. How do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, I, I feel know, like Ross, you pride yourself on calling it like you see it. I mean, I, I'm not going to say you're Charles Barkley, but I feel like you – I mean, I had you on after your Zach Wilson comments that I didn't agree with, but you say what you think and you believe what you say. Which side of it are you on? I think regardless whether Eric Vietnamese had anything to do with the passing game or not, I think Eric Bieniemy has proven he should be an NFL head coach. So I think two things can be at play and both can be correct. Shady McCoy can be correct, but to me it doesn't matter. I think Eric Bieniemy has earned the right based on the people that have been hired by owners, and you can go down the list. We don't need to list them. I think he has earned the right by being associated 
if, if that's all that you want to say he did was associated with the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's the guy who is, quote-unquote, touching Andy Reid's cloak, how many people have touched Sean McVay's cloak that have got a head coaching job? Okay, so if you just want to put Eric Bieniemy in that camp, he deserves a job. So I think two things can be true at the same time. I think Shady McCoy can be correct because he was in that meeting room, right? Shady McCoy knows what goes on in there. And I don't think we can say he's just flat foot lying. I haven't heard anybody said he was lying. I've heard people say people defend Eric Bieniemy by saying he's a great coach, but I haven't heard, and you correct me if I'm wrong, have you heard anyone who say, who's, who has said, Shady, that's a lie? I haven't heard that. I've heard people defending the enemy by saying he deserves it, his accolades, et cetera, et cetera. So I think both things can be true, and I'm fine with that. To me, that doesn't matter if it's true or not. It matters that Eric Bieniemy, based on what he has done and what the Kansas City Chiefs have achieved, deserves to be a head coach in this league. And we can talk about the interview process and whether you interview well. Here's what I know, Ross, and you know this. Coaching football is not about interviewing with a suit and tie on. It's about how, how can you relate to players? How can you lead men? And I think we have to look at that. The owners, the 31 owners and the Green Bay Packers have to look at that and say, okay, am I interviewing a guy to put a suit and tie on every day? Or am I interviewing a guy to put shorts and T-shirt on and stand in front of 53 men and lead them and put them in the best position to win? I think that's something that the owners have to take a serious look at in the offseason. Um, you know, I'm glad you said that. Because I talked about that last week. I don't really know the answer to that. You know, it's one of the reasons why it took Mike Zimmer years to get a head coaching job is because he was gruff with the owners. You know, he, he wasn't sort of what they had in mind as being the face of their franchise. The guy at every press conference talking with the media. I think Zimmer told him, told him what what he thought. And I think the owners wanted to hear what they wanted to hear. And Zimmer wasn't here for it. Um, I think it's a really interesting question. I was going to ask you that, how important you think the interview process is. But I mentioned this last week, Booger. I think it was last Monday. You know, I have interns for RT Media and Go Big Recruiting in my front page story. I talked to them on the phone. Boy, it's hard to pick one that the interview doesn't go well. I mean, it's really hard. Now, these aren't as extensive interviews what NFL teams do, but it's really hard to like, let's say I'm having one intern. I talked to three kids and maybe the one on his resume looked the best, but if the interview goes really bad, I just, we don't, he's quieter. He, I don't like what he said. I mean, that's hard. I mean, that's asking a lot. I feel like. It's asking a lot, Ross. And that's why I think you should go back and look at what that coach has done. I, I think when you look at, and I'm not just picking, picking on this guy. Let's look at Kevin O'Connell. Let's look at, Matt LaFleur. Let's look at some of these coaches. Hell, let's look at these two guys from the Eagles that just got hired. Like when you look at Gannon and you look at these guys, Ross, think about what they did. Their accolades and what they did on their specific side of the ball led them to get a head coaching job. We didn't talk about, well, did they interview well or did they not? I think the reason people wanted to hire Gannon and people wanted to hire Kevin O'Connell and people wanted to hire Matt LaFleur and on and on and on is because of what they did on their respective former teams on that particular side of the ball. So if you're going to hold the same criteria, then Eric Bieniemy is more than qualified. Patrick Mahomes, he, he, here's the thing I know. When, regardless of who calls the plays, tell me this, Ross, when you watch the Kansas City Chiefs, I think there's two guys on the sideline holding a play sheet, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. 
So that tells me both guys are involved regardless of who causes plays. And so if we're going to look at that offense, which was number one in pretty much every category, they've won two Super Bowls in the last five years. They've gone to five straight AFC championship games. Patrick Mahomes is undoubtedly the best quarterback in the National Football League. They lose Tyreek Hill, and the offense still continues to go. Even if you said that Andy Reid is calling the plays, and Andy Reid is 65% of all that success, you got to give Eric Bieniemy the other 35. So based just on that, with all the credentials that they have achieved, shouldn't he deserve a job? I think that's the way I look at it. It doesn't matter who's calling the plays. It matters that he is a part of the success. And all he wants the opportunity to do is lead his own team and have a larger percentage of the pie. I want to move on to Russell Wilson because there's some news with him uh, since last Thursday's Greg Cosell episode. And, and the news came from The Athletic that Russell Wilson tried to get John Schneider and Pete Carroll fired. Reportedly, he has denied that. It's interesting, uh, Booger, you know, between him having an office at the facility and between this, why do I feel like none of this stuff would have come out if he played well this past year? You know what I mean? It, it's funny that all this stuff, why, why do you feel like Russell Wilson is kind of like a punching bag now? Well, I, I think because he played really, really poor last year. And, and I think Russ comes off as this guy who's perfect. He comes off as, as, as the perfect player, go Hawks. Broncos, let's ride. I'm going to always do the right thing. He is phenomenal off the field when it comes to his work uh, in the community with the hospital and visiting the hospital. He and his wife does a phenomenal job. His family, quote unquote, people look at as the perfect family. I think people look at Russ and say, Russ is just too perfect. So when we find a chink in the armor, i.e. he didn't play well, now we want to understand why. And then all the things that, if you believe them or not, start to come from the dark to the light. And I think that's the reason why people, I don't know if it's punch at Russell Wilson Ross. I think people just say, ha, I knew you wasn't that perfect. I knew you weren't that, quote unquote, just squeaky clean. And as it, as it pertains to the article in the Athletic Ross, there's a lot of detailed reporting in there, Ross, to say it's all a lot. There's a lot of, I read it. And whether or not you want to believe 100% of it, I tell you what, it's hard to say you don't believe any of it. And whatever percentage you want to believe, it just tells you that here's a guy who, from a power standpoint, believed that his power got to a point where he could have the GM and the head coach fired. And Ross, if you don't believe that, then tell me why the Seattle Seahawks traded a quarterback that's probably the best in their franchise ever a guy who had been so successful they just traded him away almost in the middle of the night and so um i tend to believe a lot of the article ross and i think it just shows you a how successful russ has been to feel as if he can do some of those things and b it just goes to show you that at some point regardless of how much power you get there's a level of humility that you must have because if you don't it'll come back to bite you in the butt and I think everything and all the criticism that Russ has received, I think it's warranted based on some of the things that he's done. Uh, but Ross, football is the ultimate team sport. Not that the quarterback is not treated differently, not that the quarterback doesn't act differently, not that the quarterback should not be different. But when you alienate yourself with offices and telling guys to come meet you in your office, when you alienate yourself 
by always trying to trying to be different, then the guys in that locker room sometimes don't accept you. And then on top of all that, Ross, you, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. When you don't play well and you do those things, it becomes a bigger issue. If Russ was the MVP of the league last year, nobody would say anything whatsoever. But Russ arguably was one of the worst quarterbacks in football last year. And so he has to own that because that's his performance. And so now everything you do is going to be scrutinized. So, yeah, it's tough being at the top of the hill, but it's tough also falling down, especially when some of the things you do on that fall kind of led to the fall, so to speak. Is he salvageable, do you think? Um, I don't know. I, I think when you look at Sean Payton, if we're going to talk X's and O's, Sean Payton has always been a, 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 a coach that put the quarterback in position to get rid of the ball quick. Drew Brees never held the football. Drew Brees got rid of the ball. Uh, Drew Brees didn't have a big arm, but that offense was putting up points because the quarterback was precise, accurate. He delivered the football on time. He knew where to go. He knew where to go with it. I don't think all those things are going to fit Russell. Like Russell at his best has been a quarterback that's been a, a great deep ball thrower. He has been a very improvisational quarterback when it comes to creating plays outside of the pocket. Um, but as far as saying Russell has been a rhythm and timing player, I don't think Russell has ever been rhythm and timing. Well, that offense in New Orleans under Sean Payton was always rhythm and timing. So it's kind of like oil and water. We're going to see if Sean Payton can salvage Russell or if Russell will change his game. I know one thing. When you get to be a certain age, I don't care what profession you're in, it's hard to go back and change. Uh, I would lean toward I don't think he's salvageable. However, I do believe Sean Payton is one of the best coaches in the National Football League. So they will figure out a way to move the football. I just don't know over the course of his contract whether or not he's going to stay the whole time in Denver because of what Sean Payton wants and because of the expectations that the ownership group in Denver has. Because when you pay a quarterback, or excuse me, when you pay a head coach, whatever the number is, $15, $20 million that Sean Payton is making, you expect the championship at some point. And I think Sean is going to know, hey, I need better play or I need different play in order to do it. Check him out on social media at ESPN Booger. He is outstanding. And he's all over Saturday college football, Monday night countdown. And he's a listener just like you guys. Thanks, buddy. Really appreciate it. Anytime, buddy. Take it easy. I really appreciate Labat Blue Light, too. Did you guys see me on social media that I went to that minor league hockey game yesterday? Delicious. Had a uh, had had a beer, had a Labatt Blue Light then. It was awesome. If you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tuck Stakes. All right, Ross, we'll start with a flurry of coordinator moves where the the Browns hire Bubba Ventrone as their special teams coordinator, the Chiefs promote Matt Nagy to OC, 
Vance Joseph is a defensive coordinator in Denver, and Joe Lombardi will join him as their OC. So Bubba Ventron and I were teammates 05 with the Patriots. He's considered as good of a special teams coordinator as there is. So that's a that's an upgrade. The Browns believe. Very cool. Matt Nagy's been on the show before. You guys know he grew up in Lancaster, not too far from where I grew up in Reading. He's a year ahead of me. Um, had an outstanding high school career. It's funny. You know, one of my one takeaways from this, Jack, is based on social media, primarily Bears fans, but also Chargers fans, you would think now that the Chiefs and the Broncos will be terrible because social media does not like Matt Nagy or Joe Lombardi. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think either one of them is going to be terrible. So there you go. Tuck Stakes. The Los Angeles Rams and linebacker Bobby Wagner agreed to mutually part ways. Rams are in a bad spot financially, and there's reports out there as well that they might trade Jalen Ramsey. Sounds like this might be a reset year for the Rams, which is interesting because Aaron Donald's still there and Cooper Cup's still there, and we'll see what happens with Matthew Stafford, but certainly feels like this is a reset year. For the Rams, if they if they uh, obviously they're parting ways with Bobby Wagner, if they then trade Jalen Ramsey, I mean those were their two best defensive players last year with Donald Hurt. Tuck takes something we discussed earlier with Booger. The Athletic reports that Russell Wilson tried to get Pete Carroll and John Schneider fired, but Russell denies it. That's just semantics, right? I mean, he pretty clearly said to the organization. You know, this is not working. I don't want to go anywhere, but there needs to be a change. So maybe he expressed his desire to stay, but said there needs to be a change. So I doubt he came out and said, you need to fire John Schneider and Pete Carroll so he can deny it. But obviously ownership feels like it was intimated that for Russell to stay, there had to be change at the top in some way, shape, or form. Which, by the way, explains the cold reaction from Pete Carroll and John Schneider towards him because you sit there and you think, gosh, why are they being like this? I mean, after everything he did, he's a, you know he's a big reason why Schneider and Carroll have been there so long. Well, then you find out that you know he went and was trying to get them out of there, which I guess is understandable if he felt like that was holding him back and the team back. Um, And then that's obviously why the Seahawks are happy to leak that information now. It's not a coincidence that information got out now. The Detroit Lions cut defensive tackle Michael Brockers and the Miami Dolphins cornerback Byron Byron Jones suggests that he can't run or jump. Well, the Lions need to free up cap space, and Brockers is like $10 million. The Byron Jones thing, you know, the NFL account was tweeting and promoting about him having the, the best broad jump ever, and he quote tweeted it and said, yeah, and now I can't run or jump, which would seem to indicate he won't be playing any longer. Now, there's contractual reasons why he won't actually retire, but sounds like he won't uh, or he won't retire right now because the Dolphins still owe him money and there's money he can get as long as he continues to try to play. But he certainly 
sound like a guy that doesn't believe he can ever play football again, which is really sad. I mean, you, you read those tweets. I'd encourage you to do so. It's it's sad. It breaks your heart. Ducks takes. A flurry of contract moves in Jacksonville, where they signed quarterback C.J. Beathard to a two-year extension, bring back running back Jamichael Hasty, while defensive tackle Roy Robertson-Harris signs a three-year $30 million deal, while Tano Paseño signs a new contract to the New Orleans Saints. Tano Paseño. Pretty good. Close enough, I would say. Though he's a Villanova guy. I feel like you should nail down the uh, the local guys. Um, Tano Paseño. Uh, but I think this is smart, by the way, by the Jags. They know all these conversations go on at the Combine between teams and agents. I think they try to get their guys signed, like Roy Roberts and Harris, Hasty, Beathard, before their agents went to the combine and realized they could get more money. I think it's smart by the Jags. I liked it. Ducks takes. Lamar Jackson's latest contract report suggests that he's not asking for a fully guaranteed contract. Well, this will be the, the Labatt Blue take of the week, presented by Labatt Blue Light, the pristine Canadian Pilsner. Enjoy your beers together so you can live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt, USA, Buffalo, New York. So there are conflicting reports as to whether or not Lamar Jackson wants a fully guaranteed contract. There's a lot of reports out there that he wants a fully guaranteed deal. And by the way, I don't blame him. If you're Lamar Jackson and you see the deal Deshaun Watson got, and you're a better player, and you didn't do what Deshaun Watson did, of course you want that contract or better. Don't blame him at all. What I've never really understood about, well, he wants the the fully guaranteed deal. And, you know, he's, he's going to turn down $50 million a year from the Ravens a year ago, which would have been the second highest average in NFL history behind the shorter-term deal from Aaron Rodgers, was, well, it's, it's quote-unquote only $133 million guaranteed. I think that comes into play if he were to have, like, a devastating injury and never be able to play again. But the way it's going... He had to play last year on the fifth-year option. This year, seems like he'll probably play on the franchise tag. Maybe not. Maybe he'll raise his stink and he'll get traded or whatever. And then they could even franchise him again next year. So what I've never really understood about the Lamar Jackson, it's only $133 million guaranteed is, well, what are you concerned about? Are you concerned that after the third year, when the guarantees are done, that they'll cut him? Well, that just puts him in the same position he wants to be in now, which is a free agent. So the fact that the Ravens could cut him, I don't think is that big a deal because that's the same thing as fifth-year option, franchise tag one, franchise tag two. And I bet you they would guarantee more of it for injury if that's the issue. So I, I wish I could have one conversation with Lamar and understand that part of it. Like, what's the priority of the fully guaranteed deal? Just because you want it because Watson did it, just the, the precedent – you want it for the injury? Because I think the Ravens would probably do that on the injury part of it. Have, make an injury guarantee. But a fully guaranteed deal, well, then you're only really worried about that in case they cut you. But if they cut you after three years, you're afraid you're in the same position you're going to be in after the fifth-year option and the two franchise tags. Don't really understand that. I do understand that Emory Hunt was unbelievable on the College Draft podcast today, you got to check it out. 
everybody now lining up to agree with Emery, or you're hearing all this buzz now about Anthony Richardson being QB1 after after Emery talked about it last week on the college draft. In fact, before the season on the college draft podcast. Then, this week, you will not believe how low he has Will Levis ranked. You literally will not believe it. You need to listen to today's college draft podcast. Subscribe or watch at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Shout outs, Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, Evergreen Economics, BackOfficeSchedule.com, and MyFrontPageStory.com. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.